Section 12 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Section 12. The Inspector's Escape. It was about February 1891, and on the left or eastern bank of the Sitang River, in Tungu District, Lower Burma, that an inspector of police was riding northwards along a cart road through the woods as the daylight was quitting the sky, and suddenly, to use his own words, I seemed, at one and the same instant, to get a terrific blow in the small of the back, and to feel the pony under me springing upwards as if it were jumping to the sky he completed his description by gestures a listener suggested as if it were suddenly galloping up a wall quite so said he the next i felt was that i seemed to fall back upon something soft and that's all i know the next i saw was the people bending over me and i could hear one say to another he's not dead yet and others said he's dead but none of them touched me, and I tried to speak, but could not. Then, after a long time, somebody saw I was breathing, and somebody put something under my head, and I am not hurt, so far as I am aware, concluded the inspector, but feel stunned and queer and horribly helpless. The villager said, We saw the pony come galloping with an empty saddle along the road which goes through the village, and in the middle of the village it stopped short and made a noise. It was quivering. Its hindquarters were bleeding from great tiger's claw marks, as you see them yet. The poor beast was still sore from the scratches a month afterwards. Whether it ever recovered, I never heard. With a celerity and courage characteristic of the unspoiled Burman, every man in the village soon had a da, big knife, or homemade spear in his hand, and many had torches or lamps as well. But while they thus prepared for action promptly, it has to be noted that there was a certain hesitation about starting. Some objected. Why? The pony had been recognized as the inspector's. He was rather popular than otherwise, but he was a policeman. No Burman could say with truth that he thought it right to save the life of a policeman. Even the older men, who were addicted to religion, could only say, he's a man, after all. Equally with the rest, they believe that any policeman, in the pay of the English, is irretrievably doomed to hell, and has deserved to be. But, what made the pious elders on this occasion more readily silent than they might otherwise have been, there were several who delivered themselves of sentiments that might be translated by a verse of an old English ballad, saddled and bridled and booted raid he tomb hang empty home came the saddle but never came he it's not a man that you're going to save you're likely to be late for that it's a corpse you're going to take from a tiger this was conclusive the most scrupulous burman can risk his life with a clear conscience in fighting a tiger to recover corpse so the crowd set out Great was their wonder to find the inspector prostrate upon the road, unconscious, but unscratched. When they heard his story, they said to me, The tiger cannot have seen him at all. 
lying in wait here, it must have seen only his piebald pony, and, leaping so as to land on its shoulders, it must have knocked its nose severely against the man's back and slipped down. Then he fell upon it, and so perplexed it more than ever, and it would step aside into cover to consider a while. Perhaps the shrewdest remark made on the incident was this. When struck on the back, the man must have let out a howl. That would frighten the tiger. The inspector did not remember that, but could not be expected to remember it. He would do it without thinking. It was his own and the general opinion that if help had not come, as it did, the tiger would have come back, and, humanity mastering prejudice, the people said, We are glad we came. The fright made him talk of leaving the police and leading a new life, but his salary was good. He was like the rich man in scripture, who had great possessions. The villagers did not blame him for changing his mind and not resigning. It was as much in earnest as in chess that they said, he may become religious when he takes his pension. About the same time as this wonderful escape, a lonely leper who lived in a hut, like a hermit, on the opposite side of the river, disappeared forever, and the few bloody rags that were left and the telltale footprints showed that the tiger had come upon him, like a thief in the night, and carried him bodily away. We are very sorry for the leper, said the villagers to the inspector, when he next rode by, and the fate of the leper was discussed. We are very sorry for the leper, and for the tiger, too. Either your pony or yourself would have been more wholesome eating. End of section 12. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.